Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everyone. To the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. If you are listening in the future, which is your present, we are recording this in 2018, the year where Xbox has a dog. We are talking about 1993, the year where Xbox has hair like a dog. My name is Tom Campbell, and I am joined in the Pro powered DeLorean with the bear in the big blue barcade, the man who writes with a pen. He doesn't need a pencil because he gets his right his stuff right every time. Justin Henry, right there from off of Cultaholic. Hi, Justin. How you doing there, Tommy? A happy Thanksgiving to you for tomorrow, or as we call it in the UK, Thursday. Yes, uh, t- happy happy Turkeyless Thursday to you. I, I don't know what you'll be having. I, I hopefully it's something that's edible and tasty. Oh well, I'm gonna have turkey just out of respect for for you. And you alone. I'm going to have turkey. Out of solidarity. Solidarity for my friends in America celebrating the arrival of the English to the land or something. See, solidarity is important because if Shane McMahon had just worn a blue shirt at Survivor Series, I'll bet his team would have won. Yes, exactly. What did you make of Survivor Series? I thought it was a really good show. I really enjoyed the last several matches, especially... Uh, Ronda versus Charlotte and Brock versus Daniel Bryan. Yeah, that Brock Daniel Bryan match like initially confused me, and then they just told this unreal story. Yeah, it, it, it was like it was conventional and unconventional at the same time. Yeah, I mean the matches had me hooked to the extent that you know I want to see what they what was going to happen next. It's, it started out really slow with Brock just decimating him with suplexes and uh, and the like and. And if you're thinking, like, well, Brian's going to suffer a head injury with whatever the next spot's going to be. And lo and behold, he starts making the comeback, gets the low blow, the flying knee, and this, and they start beating the piss out of each other. It was, it was really compelling stuff. And and we, we won't touch on 2018 because that's not our job. That's the job of everybody else in Cultaholic. But um, TakeOver the night before, phenomenal. Fantastic. Absolutely phenomenal. It was a great weekend for wrestling. It really, really was. It really was. Long And let's go back to a year where it might not have been, Justin. Let's go to 1993, as we are in the shadow of the King of the Ring, which, as we have mentioned here on this podcast, myself and Justin 
are going to be doing a watch along, which if you've not downloaded one of them bad boys before, it means that you can stick on the program that we're talking about. You can press play on the podcast and we're basically your commentators for the whole thing. And who be we? It'd be myself, Tom Campbell, fake Geordie, Bear in the big blue bar cage, the head pen, Justin Henry, and the third man! This time, I will say the factual person instead of making <laughs> I mean, up BS like you do. Every single one I've said has been factual. It is going to be Jay Hunter, Damien Demento, um, <laughs> Chris Jericho, <laughs> uh, Adam Pachitis, long-lost relatives, and uh, a few other people that I probably hinted at as the time has gone on. All of whom incorrect. All of whom are incorrect. Uh, Justin Henry has, in a sealed envelope, the name of the third man who will be doing the King of the Ring watch along with us justin will you do the honors well actually our budget doesn't allow for envelopes so i just folded a piece of paper over another piece of paper <laughs> the third man none other than the founder of wrestlecrap.com my good friend rd reynolds yeah boy rd blooming reynolds rd i feel is more than qualified to laugh at old wrestling with you and i being that he is one of the I dare say one of the cornerstones of the internet wrestling world in terms of, I mean, he's been he's been doing this for 18 and a half years, running WrestleCrap.com. Doing, uh, he writes inductions every couple of weeks along with the charmingly named R. O'Donnell. Not to be confused with the R. O'Donnell who did commentary with Gorilla Monsoon and Randy Savage <laughs> at the 94 King of the Rings. How much Monsoon does this guy weigh? Yeah, I'd be very happy to have R.D. on. He's someone that's been very supportive of me throughout my writing career. And I consider him a tremendous friend, and it'd be an honor to have him on. I'm really excited. I discovered first my personal story is when I first got back into wrestling. I discovered WrestleCrap.com, and it just became the source of so much wrestling entertainment for me. It, although eagle-eared people would have noticed, I dropped a hint that it was R.D. Reynolds three episodes ago. Did you notice Did you? the hint, Justin? I may not have. Could you elaborate? That is where I took a sip from my WWF Niagara Falls cup. Oh. That was a hint. Even though we hadn't discussed it at that point, I have decided retroactively that was a hint. <laughs> As to who it was going to be. I, I was baffled there. I had no idea, had no idea where you are going with that. <laughs> yeah, I re- I've just retrofitted it to make it look like we knew what we were doing. So there you go. Yes. It will be in your feed, on this feed. Um, will it be the first week in December? Assuming that we hit our schedule perfectly, it'll be the day before the June 14th episode of Raw. So it would, it would follow, you know, King of the Ring one night and then the following Raw the next day. So... Well, when we're in schedule, so, yes, you'll, it will pop up in your feed and it will be a watch along. It'll be a nice long two and a half hour, three hour episode with myself, the one and only Justin Henry and Mr. R.D. Reynolds from WrestleCrap. So excited. So am I. Good times. And, uh, I just wish it was something like the 91 Great American Bash or something like WrestleMania 9 where we could have yeah, and had an abundance of, of legitimate crap right before our very eyes that R.D. could have expounded upon with his crap expertise well i feel like there'll be plenty of crap in king of the ring 93 (laughs) except for duggan's match (laughs) now okay we need to crack on with this episode because there's a lot of the duggan (laughs) stuff in this that i would i would personally like to address like because a lot's gone on on twitter in the last few weeks that i i don't i don't want 
my legacy as part of Cultaholic to be, you're the guy that hates Duggan. You're the guy that hates America. And I need to address that as well. And we will as we go along with the episodes. It's going to... It's going to lead to a web redemption where Duggan holds you while Chris, while Chris Brawls and Cage Tyler punch you in the face. Oh, Jim Duggan is still an active wrestler, so that could still very much be a thing. <laughs> very much so. It would be a three-on-one handicap match. Well, I guess we can give you partners. I guess one could be the Jack the Jobber puppet doll, and one could be... Uh, Matthew. It could be the cardboard cutout of Braun Sherman from Jen. Jen Louise's up flat, so... I'd have more faith in the Braun Strowman cutout from Jen's bedroom. That would do me. That would do just fine. <laughs> well, the Matthew Death stare can work on them. Um, are you sure? Are you sure you want to expose Matthew to the guy who, uh, or the guys that he put in a Botchamania video for their wonderful, wonderful 2005 match? I'd love to. Because <laughs> if I'm taking a beat in, he's taking one too. I'm not sure whose web redemption this really is then. <laughs> I think it's both of ours secret. I think both. I think we both. And if Matthew was here, he'd say he agrees with me. Well, no, if Matthew was here, he'd probably say, oh, oh, oh what are we talking about? Um, <laughs> if Matthew was here. Oh, I'm just playing Smackdown. Don't ask me. Um, what in the hell are you going on about? <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know, Lake. Um, I was not informed of this. <laughs> <laughs> love you matthew um yeah yes. i think if matthew was here he'd know that both me and him are probably due a shoe in from some really bad wrestling um so we'll take it together <laughs> so ready to start the show yeah let's do it Wait, where are we when are we how are we justin it is a bank holiday here in the united states it is monday may 31st 1993 we call this memorial day and we are live from the manhattan center in new york city Memorial Day weekend, and and what a what a way to start such a a patriotic episode of Monday Night Raw than with Jim Duggan in his pants in in outside the building. When I think of Americana and I think of patriotism, I think of Hacksaw and his single wandering the streets of New York City. Don't you? I certainly do. After this, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna double down on the Memorial Day Raw, then it does make sense to have Duggan as a as a feature part of it. Because he is very Mr. American. And, and he is from New York State, so it's not that far of a trip. He could have put Although some trousers on then if he lives not if he lives around the corner. Well, I mean, it's hot that time of year. you got to remember that. It does seem weird, and we'll probably touch on this a bit more later on. It does seem weird that this is Jim Duggan's last Raw. Because he was in this loads. Was it like common knowledge that this would be his last Raw? Uh, I don't think so, because he was still appearing for the company... Th- up in up into August actually, but this is this just happened to be his last episode of Raw. He was kind of being phased out at that point. And if if memory serves, I think his last actual match with the company was for the SummerSlam um, spectacular show. Like they aired in, in aired in lieu of a Raw that August, and he lost to Yokozuna. He lost so to Yokozuna. For... Yes, yeah, I'll check if it's a pinfall loss. Just, just a, and. And, and I can the, have an, I can if, have a guess. Are you, are you saying he got DQ'd? <laughs> Incidentally, um, Duggan did wrestle this past weekend. I know this because a friend of mine, um, a big shout to you, Chris Sharp, is a ref for the WWE now, and he refs loads of indie shows and stuff <laughs> as well. And he refed a Jim Duggan match this weekend in the states. 
Oh yeah. I just so he put the picture on of him and Duggan in the ring and right and all that stuff, and I just said, out of interest, did Duggan win? <laughs> and his answer. What was, do you think happened? Yes, yes, he won. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tom, I I have the answer right here. Okay. I am reading this verbatim from the history of WWE.com, the 1993 page. Come on, come Poughkeepsie, on. Poughkeepsie, New York, August 16, 1993. Before a crowd of 3,000 people, WWF World Champion Yokozuna with Mr. Fuji pinned Jim Duggan. Whoa! With the bonsai drop in a non title match. Duggan took Fuji, a pin! After Fuji distracted Duggan as he went for the running clothesline. It couldn't be clean. It couldn't be clean. Why would it be? It's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's the greatest. <laughs> so, on, so on this episode of Raw, we begin with Duggan outside. It's dusk. He, he's leading off the... He dedicates a show to the armed forces. He leads a USA chant of the fans that are outside. And just a very simple opening to reinforce the holiday theme. And then... And we cut to the intro, we go inside, we got Vince Savage and Heenan at ringside. And, Vin- and then Vince runs down what we're going to see on this broadcast, and the first name he says is Mr. Hughes. And he says Mr. Hughes before the Steiners, before Duggan, and before Razor Ramon. That is the first thing that Vince wants to make sure that we know is going to be on this broadcast. What a weird, weird way to launch your show. Welcome to Raw! Mr. Hughes is on! Oh, great! <laughs> Tonight at Survivor Series, you're going to see the revival, the Colognes. You're also going to see Daniel Bryan in the main event. It's so weird. Like I, st- they're still they're getting better, but it still does feel like this whole live element is 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 a bit confuzzling to the guys running WWF. You can just sense that there is still that little bit of un- disorganization. Well, I actually appreciate that whole disorganization because it's like. It's so non-routine and so unorthodox that it actually feels fresh compared to how how tightly written everything is today. You know how you could say overproduced everything is today. Give me a little bit of chaos once in a while, you know, just to keep it interesting. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Mister Hughes is on, so that's the main thing. Meanwhile, Savage is excited about the possibility of a Sherry Luna cat fight. I mean, really excited about the idea that Sherry Luna may tear each other's clothes off in the midst of in the midst of combat. They every time they get together, they scrap and clothes come off. It's kind of the thing. Savage should have like a handful of like six different cash bills, like scrunched up and and wave these arms in the air while watching them fight. <laughs> that's actually uh, he's way too happy to see that happen. But that's going to happen. As kind of the B story for this upcoming match, Intercontinental Champion Marty Jannetty versus Bam Bam Bigelow. I wasn't sure the Sherry and Marty Jannetty fit as a thing. It didn't yeah, feel was... quite right. I'm assuming this happened on Superstars or something like that because, like, this is the first time we're seeing Marty Jannetty since he won the belt, and suddenly there's Sherry with him. I think it was more or less just Sherry was there just to kind of neutralize Luna. Yeah. But uh, it was weird seeing or, or hearing the rocker theme music, you know, that and then seeing Marty run to the ring, 
which is which is a short run. Didn't take him long. <laughs> yeah. And then there's and, and there's Sherry kind of like speed walking behind him, with this sort of Andy McDowell look about herself, which is very weird seeing Sherry look like that. She kind of power walked behind him, didn't she? Yeah, and and her appearance is like sort of half posh New Yorker, half sensational Sherry that we all know and love. It's a very odd look, to say the least. It still feels like she's struggling to get to grips with the whole being a goody thing. <laughs> yeah, Sherry should never be a babyface under any circumstances. No, no, and and, and as his match unfolds, it just doesn't. It, it doesn't work. But you know what? Yeah, nice to see Bam Bam Bigelow getting a shot at a belt. Indeed. And, and I got I got to add to the previous point, even weirder than seeing Sherry out there with Marty is seeing Marty wearing a championship belt. That was a rare sight. Oh, yeah, it's so true. But it was... Do you know what? You look, and, and every time I say this, and it's so sad that this is what it's come to with Marty Genetics. He had such tumultuous times. I look at him at this period and I go, he looks well. He looks well. He looks in good nick. He looks like he's he looks like he's in good shape. And it's like why why where was this Marty all our lives? This Marty could have been a thing. This Marty could have teamed with Triple H to take on The Undertaker and Kane in Saudi Arabia. Wouldn't you rather see the Rockers versus Undertaker and Kane? Oh my god, yes. Oh, you see Damn you, Marty! You he like you denied us a rockers revival in 2018 in Saudi Arabia. I once saw Metallica three weeks ago. I mean, I mean, rock is forever. Oh, rock is ageless. Meta yeah, I remember you telling me how good Metallica was. That's a, that's I mean, a cracking night. I mean, Jesus, shoot, just Priest released an album right here in 2018. Why can't the rockers still go today? They probably could. Cliff Richard released an album in 2018. Why can't the rockers go today? <laughs> And rock never dies. Rock never dies. And if anyone asks you who Cliff Richard is, he was a big rock and roll superstar, like thrash metal star from the UK. Should anybody ask <laughs> you, Justin? Uh, I shall tell them so. Make sure you do. <laughs> I'll Google that. You talk about the match. <laughs> no, no, don't Google it. It's true. Just trust me. He's a thrash metal superstar, Cliff Richard. Um. So Bam Bam Bigelow, Bam Bam Bigelow, Marty Jannetty, one on one. This should have been a feud. I just, I feel like that this is one of the these two together had the, had a really nice back and forth, David and Goliath esque mm. match. And I feel like mm. if it had more time, this could have been a real feud, a real proper rivalry over the IC title. He's a seventy-eight-year-old pop singer. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong, Cliff Richard. There's, there's more. Than Okay, disambiguation. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll look for thrash. You keep talking. Marty Janetti throws everything at Bam Bam Bigelow, but has no luck initially. And then we see, as the match wears on, that Bam Bam's really wearing down Marty Janetti. And the finish comes with Sherry on the outside, grabbing Bam Bam's leg. Feels like a real heelish thing to do. Didn't fit yeah. right with what Marty Jannetty was doing. I'd like to have seen Marty Jannetty go it alone, but it was, it was clear that Marty was struggling in the match. But, um, <laughs> Sherry grabs Bam Bam's leg as he's coming off the ropes. And then and this leads to Bam Bam getting knocked out of the ring. Marty doing a beautiful dive to the outside. Mm -hmm. Marty getting back in the ring. 
But Bam Bam Bigelow being unable to make the count and yeah. gets counted out. Yeah, it was kind of a flat finish, especially really with so flat, much... like very protective of Bam Bam Bigelow. But um, yeah, really flat finish. But but everybody, this is the weird thing about this time period, is that, and it, and it will, will this will come back to us when we when Lex Luger becomes our hero and and takes on the mighty Yokozuna this year. But uh, it was the thing like everybody was was jovial and, and joyous in celebrating the fact that Marty Jannetty had won his match with the IC title on the line by count out. And it just seemed like such a like such a cheap way to win. It does, but you're also keeping Bam Bam strong for the King of the Ring and he also has an actual feud with the Tonka, and I don't think Marty was meant to keep this belt long anyway. No. So it so it, it was kind of uh, probably the best situation for all parties involved. And I'm assuming there what were... happened next would have been something that would have set up him losing the belt because afterwards Bam Bam Bigelow gets back in the ring and just batters Marty Jannetty, does a big splash on him, and and Gennetti acts like his ribs are cracked and gets mm. uh, helped to the back. Him and Sherry go off. And then we t- and take a break, and that's our first match of the night. And we, uh... I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I gotta, so go on. I said there was some. There was one really awesome move in this match. I mean, there were several. There was a Bam Bam's electric chair dropped. It looked like it just killed Marty. But yes. the best one was when Bam Bam invented the Welcome to Chicago Mother Effer Backbreaker on Jannetty. Oh like God, I forgot about that. Yes. It's like someone actually did that in 1993. The Double underhook in the, into the full lift and then drop down across the knee. It was it was more of a rib breaker than an actual backbreaker, but it looked brutal nonetheless. It looked stunning. Bam Bam Bigelow came up with some very very clever offense in this. I just want to add there was one really funny moment during the introduction when Bam Bam and Luna were making their entrance. Keep in mind how narrow that aisleway is at the Manhattan Center. Like fans across the fans across from one another could probably, could probably tag hands if they wanted to. And here's Luna walking out in front of Bam Bam doing her sort of demented shuffle walk. And she's like walking among all these hands with this apprehensive look on her face. Like, she, like if I touch him, it might be poisonous. And, she, <laughs> and, she's making, and she's making this sort of disgusted sneer. It was really funny. She was truly in character, Luna. Luna was a brilliant character. Like just facial expressions and everything was, were, yeah. were perfect every single time they cut to her. She just looked like she would rip your face off. If you look up the phrase commitment to the role, you will find Luna. So then we come back from break and uh, our ring announcer for the night isn't the Fink. It is not. It is Bill Dunn, who is the primary ring announcer for WrestleMania 10 for reasons that are unknown to me. Well, they explained later on in the show. I don't know but why he was WrestleMania, but for this, there was <laughs> they do mention later on. Howard Finkel's not here. He's uh, he's had an operation. <laughs> <laughs> well, they said that later on, but first, first thing informers say he's had some trouble, and they wouldn't yeah, go into it. Yeah, that so was it. He's had some so trouble. It's, like, it's not like they, it's not like they're skirting around something really, really bad there. Skirting like around was, it, but by but blatantly advertising it. Our friend John, who is our Photoshop expert, and I, and I know he's listening to the show right now. Hi, John Eiley. How you doing there, Johnny? Do Tom and I a favor. Do a Photoshop. Of what, what sort of trouble Howard Finkel may have gotten into that Vince would be apprehensive to discuss on the air. Before knowing that it was some sort of minor surgical procedure, what do you think that Vince would be embarrassed to say Howard Finkel was involved in? 
and put a dragon in the background. Yes. And all Lord Alfred Hayes somewhere saying, my word. <laughs> <laughs> my word. Why, Howard? <laughs> Lord Alfred Hayes is the cause of the trouble. <laughs> and, and, really, and really, not just John, anybody else out there who would love to get in on this little gag of what did Howard Finkel do wrong to, to earn Vince's... Uh, Vince's sudden shyness about discussing Howard Finkel matters, please, by all means, write in. Write in, and if you're going to Photoshop it, it has to also include a dragon and Lord Alfred Hayes saying my word. <laughs> Just because. <laughs> it doesn't have to. It has to. If it doesn't, then we, we will shun you. <laughs> we, will, we will cast you out. <laughs> and then we'll curse at you because we're all fair, and we could say those words all fair. Yeah, we'll right, say Tommy? really bad things about you. And then we'll delete it so you'll never hear it. <laughs> just slagged one of you right off, and I've just pressed play again. <laughs> so, uh, we, so we come back from break, and we see New Jersey Nets center Dwayne Shinsius in the crowd, or as Vince calls him, Dwayne Shinsius. Good effort, Vince. Top effort. <laughs> Was this guy like yeah. a decent player? I thought that you'd probably be a better judge than, than me on this. Was he a thing? Uh, I, I will say I was happy in 1993 to see him because I had his trading card. Oh, get in! Not to say that he was any any great player. He was just a he was just a big guy that lasted a while. But he had the most wonderful mullet you've ever seen. Nice. You, you didn't see it on Raw. He he has since unfortunately passed away. He died in 2012 of, of complications of leukemia. Oh bless him! Oh what a sh- what a shame. <laughs> He had a decent career in terms of length. He was around this probably fast. I want to say he had like almost a ten-year NBA career. I guess ninety through ninety-nine with various teams. So, uh, yeah, decent enough. But yes, it, his mullet was the stuff of gods. It was very Mike Awesome-esque. So they show him in the crowd just for a bit of celebrity rub, and with all and with all due respect to Mister Sh- Mister Shintius, it's not quite like. It isn't quite like showing The Rock and Anthony Kiedis in the crowd at a UFC event. Not right. quite. Right, okay. Or Diane, or Diane Cannon at a Lakers game. Okay, so that's back, cool. So back in the ring, Sherry is livid, and she wants to fight Luna. So then the fight breaks out at ringside after Sherry almost dives out of the ring going after Luna. Like a complete, complete mad woman. Oh, that was ridiculous. This whole brawl is just intense. Watching that Ronda and and um, Charlotte brawl Sunday night after the match, when when Charlotte went completely insane, that was basically this minus the weapons. Yeah, it it did it did have a bit of a there was a bit of a future echo um, between this and the Rousey Charlotte fight in terms of these two women who just tore each other to pieces. Like this this feels like it should have been a really good feud. Like and it was like Sherry and Luna, just these the the two alpha females in the WWF, <clears> just who every time they were near each other were just clawing and just battering each other. I don't know how if they if they ever had a match, and if they did, if it would have been any good though. They did on house shows. Unfortunately, it ended kind of abruptly because WWE let Sherry go for, I guess, various reasons, and then she turned up in ECW shortly after that. We'd never really get the, 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 the full-on conclusion of Sherry and right. Luna. They just continue to hate each other. I wanted to say that that match was actually booked for SummerSlam, but it had to be scrapped because of Sherry's exit from the company. 
Oh, that would have been a shame. That's a shame to have that on SummerSlam. It would it would have been good. It was a shame that it wasn't on SummerSlam. Right. I get what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. But it was yeah, because every time they were near each other, it was just brutal. And this was no different. And then in the midst of the brawl, Bam Bam runs back in. He has a reason to be mad at Sherry because she calls him the match. Snatches her in a double arm lock. And Luna runs in and goes wild on Sherry. And who should make the save? In black jeans and cowboy boots, but Tatanka. Tatanka's back on Raw! I, I thought it was impossible to to try and top his Iker Pro workout gear that he wears in, in those brief adverts. But seeing Tatanka, like he's getting ready for a night on the town. It's so weird seeing like yeah, like dressed down to Tonka. I think I always picture to Tonka in full gear. Like seeing him dressed down looks a bit peculiar. It's like seeing Undertaker in a polo shirt and dress pants. There is one infamous um WWF UK show and it's Undertaker versus Kane in the main event. I wanna say it's Mayhem in Manchester. Okay. And Undertaker arrived in Manchester, but his gear didn't. And this is so like pre-biker Undertaker. This is full-on, like, Grim Reaper, Creatures of the Night, Uber Goth Undertaker of 98. So right. they had to kind of, you can watch the match, and, and Undertaker kind of runs out during Kane's entrance, and they make it out like, he didn't even want to wait to make his entrance to attack his brother. They're fighting now. And he's like, what? So he was going to quickly get changed whilst his music was playing. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> well, you got to do what you got to do in a situation. But yeah, that was, yeah, they got around it really well. So the, the Undertaker and Kane ended up just having this, this PS six brawl in the main event of Miami Manchester to kind of get around I need, it. I need the bar of someone's gear. He runs out wearing Kurgan's ear flap helmet <laughs> and a tie-dye shirt. <laughs> Kurgan's the only one tall enough. I'm going to dress as Kurgan tonight. Everyone come see the greatest show. Gather up all juggalos and roll. That'd be the one thing that would frighten me if I had like a big a big gimmick like that. I wouldn't want to put it into airplane like baggage handlers' hands. I'd want to keep it with me at all times. I thought you were going to say that the most scary thing is Tigger with an ear flap hat trying to intimidate you. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. That'd be a great look for The Undertaker. Dressed as Here's my whole wallet as I run off. See <laughs> <laughs> so it. Sherry gets torn apart, unfortunately. She, her chin gets busted open in the midst of the skirmish. Where was Marty Janetti? Injured. He busted his ribs, remember? But, uh, I suppose. But still. <laughs> Ronda Rousey broke her arm, then ran out and got beaten up again, admittedly, on Raw. Right. But still... Ronda's a female haku. <laughs> she is, isn't she? <laughs> I would I would never want Ronda to ever scale at me under any circumstances. No, that made me very sad because um, it mean I'd probably die. Yes, I never want to rear end her at a red light ever. No. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a we get a hype video for Hawk versus Yoko. It's actually a really well done video. It's sufficient build for their upcoming match in two weeks. But I have to ask, when they showed the clip of Hogan winning at WrestleMania 9, why did they dub Lord Alfred over JR's commentary? I was going to ask you this. I don't know why Lord Alfred is on this and not JR. Because JR's not left the company, has he? No, he's, he's there until January for this run. Were they just unhappy with the way JR called it? Maybe. It was, I, 
I know JR had hinted before that he had to mold his style to what they wanted. So maybe there was uh, some artistic uh, differences there. It seemed like they... I tried to find some answers on this, and I couldn't find anything. So I'm just assuming it was just that they weren't happy with the way that JR called it, so they just redid it with Lord Alfred Hayes. It made me wonder if there's any footage out there of Lord Alfred wearing a toga, but... <laughs> let's, let's... John, don't Photoshop that. that. Don't, don't Photoshop that. <laughs> Unless it's a dragon Alfred... in the background, and that's fine. And now Lord Alfred Hayes is Caligula. <laughs> <laughs> Don't Photoshop that either. Don't do it. Don't do it. Unless it's a dragon in the background, in which case you can. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was very peculiar. But I loved, I loved the build. It made me realize that the whole thing of Hogan jumping Yoko, winning the belt... And then being told by Jack Tunney, yeah, you can keep it. Very heelish in <laughs> in retrospect. It really is. Like, yeah. you're just stone cold. It is, yeah. It just seems like, it seems a bit like something a bad guy would do. And they went, yeah, you can keep the belt. Okay. <laughs> stone cold Zuna. <laughs> stone cold Joker Zuna. Just <laughs> smashing, smashing plates of sushi and <laughs> guzzling them on the top rope. <laughs> driving his big pickup truck and uh, trying to run over Hogan's limo. And... <laughs> that would be sensational. Something I feel like I want to do on 2K19. <laughs> See, now, if Yoko had just bled during the sharpshooter, he could have got the same push. <laughs> Good night, everybody. We've peaked. <laughs> so, yeah, so Yoko Hulk is the thing. It's happening at King of the Ring. And there is, as the night goes on, there is a very anti-Hogan feeling in the room. Oh, yes, there is. Which we made very abundant at the very end of the night. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, we got the Steiner Brothers versus Ramblin' Rich Myers and the Executioner. Yay! What a random, random team. Rich Myers and the Executioner. We cut to them, but Rich Myers, who looks like a proper country bumpkin... And then you've got the executioner, who looks like the happiest executioner I've ever seen in my life. It, it was definitely Dwayne Gill under the mask. You tell his mannerisms. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I, I thought I, I thought it would either it would probably be Dwayne Gill, but it was just so funny how chirpy he was as he was an executioner. A, jovi, a jovial executioner, yes. <laughs> he must be a well-paid executioner. He loves his work. It was just a very weird combo. Even weirder than that was Rick Steiner's singlet, which had numbers on it for some reason. Was there a re- was there was is there something coll- collegiate about those numbers? Was he a linebacker, and that was his number or something? <laughs> no, because it, it wasn't just like two numbers. It, it was like a hundred numbers, and they were like attached to one another. It was a design of some sort, some sort of abstract numerical masterpiece it was bizarre <laughs> so vince hypes up the eight-man tag at king of the ring the steiners are going to team with the smoking guns that face money incorporated and the head shrinkers and one of the most random matches you could, put, you could possibly throw together in that time period yeah that was very mm-hmm. peculiar very weird choice of people and even weirder what they would do what they were going to do in the build to it yeah, yeah, on next week's show, they're taking one member of each team 
and they're putting them in a standard tag team match. There'll be one Steiner and one gun, a smoking gun, not an actual like like a Desert Eagle or anything. <laughs> do not give do not give Scott Steiner a gun. Do not give Scott Steiner a gun. This will end badly. <laughs> and now Reservoir Steiner starring. Oh, God. <laughs> Rick yelling, you're going to be okay while Scott bleeds in the back seat. Yeah, I'll be but fine. <laughs> Scott dancing stuck in the middle. Oh, like, what's a guy's God. ear off? I don't, I, I don't need Reservoir Steiner. It frightens me too much. <laughs> Against one Money Inc. member while IRS is dressed like Mr. Blonde and one hit shrinker. Who'd probably just chew your ear off instead of cutting it off with a straight razor. Very odd. Very, very, very <laughs> odd. We get a funny spot in this match where Rick beats the crap out of the Executioner for a few moments and then just throws him into the corner right in the Rich Myers abdomen, calls Rich Myers to partially double over. Like, like you, come in here. The, the thought of merely getting into the ring with a Steiner hurt Rich Myers. <laughs> and, and, and Myers, oh, did he take an ass kicking? He was... Do you know up. what? He... He career-wise, he is he was a the archetypal jobber. Like he wrestled and lost to everybody, and he's very good at taking a shoe in. So I can kind of see why he was the ideal tackling dummy here because the Steiners gave him. Oh, do they give him everything? They just battered him. And Vince tells us at one point, and I'm quoting here: "There's nothing about the Steiners. They are hot." With emphasis. <laughs> what was funny was I was. I I watched this episode of Raw twice, and because the, the first time I watched it, um, I'd stayed up late to watch um, a bit. Of... Cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Survivor Series, so I was quite sleepy. So I I was nodding off whilst lay on the sofa watching it. I was quite warm, quite comfy. And I woke up just as Vince went, They are hot! <laughs> I go, oh, just taking a funny turn. <laughs> How late at night was this? Well, it's just Vince fancies the Steiners, apparently. Or Rich Myers. I'm going to rewind this and start again. Because I've not paid attention. <laughs> well, somebody was hot. and I'm going to assume, based on Vince's taste, that it was not Rich Myers. 
No, Scott I don't tags think in. he was rambling, Rich. <laughs> no, Scott tags in. And this is where the fun really starts is we get a pump handle drop, a very hard one from Scott. And it's at this point that Vince plugs the movie Arthur, airing on USA, starring Dudley Moore and Liza Minnelli, which is actually a great movie and not one of the crappy made-for-TV ones that we've that Vince has been promoting in the last month or so. And then we get the most scary move in the history of professional wrestling, not the vertebraker. No, no, no. This is the mother effing Steiner screwdriver. I hate I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> he picks up Rich Myers for a vertical suplex, holds him up like he's Davy Boy Smith doing the delay version, then throws him in the air vertically and catches him in a sit-out pile driver. And you just hear the police just go insane, and Vince and Heenan are floored. Well, first off, Vince is probably thinking Charles Austin Part 2. Rich Myers is dead. He is dead at this point. Scott should just pin them right there, but no, they they got to do the Steiner Bulldog, which is uh, academic. That's always a nice-looking move. It's a safe-looking move than the bloody screwdriver he just took. <laughs> Getting hit by a semi-truck is safer looking than the Steiner screwdriver. <laughs> Actually, what we haven't mentioned is uh, big love to Scott, Scott Steiner for a pump handle slam. I know it's not based on based on what we've talked about, not as deadly, but just a nicely delivered pump handle slam. Yeah, it, it, it's a. I don't know why I just went. That's move. a really nice, crisp pump handle slam. <laughs> it's a. Uh... It's a very elaborate move, but it's pretty cool looking, at least. When they get it right, there's only a handful of people that ever really got the pump handle slam right. I like yeah, Test's got... pump handle power slam. <laughs> or the uh, Road Dog version where you hump the guy's butt before you go back and do the pump handle. Yeah, that was the old doggy style pump handle slam. Yeah, do it doggy style. You never did but it to the women, cool. only the guys. I mean, it's that's fine. It's whatever's your preference. But you know what's even cooler is the Steiner screwdriver. Oh. <laughs> in which Rich Myers may have, uh, he might be a walking CTE case as we know it. My, my one from relief the, that in one that move, move was the fact that as Steiner hit the ground, he kind of leaned a bit to the right, which made me think that he probably landed a bit more on, on his side than on Rich Myers' head. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't full cranial compaction. It was slightly modified at the very end to kind of give him an out. And uh, Vince is so sympathetic toward poor Rich Myers, who at this point may have pissed himself in a ring like a la Drake Maverick on Sunday. The Vince, the Vince tells us that Myers will, will probably not be able to call the King of the Ring hotline when it opens on Saturday. <laughs> well, this man's dead in the ring. He's going to miss ringing the King of the Ring hotline <laughs> this Saturday. <laughs> well, Joey Butterfuger's in jail, and what if I use one phone call to call the king of the ring hotline? <laughs> Vince, that was shameless. I have a funny feeling that the Drake Maverick wetting himself bit. I Why do I feel like that was Vince's idea? Because it was Vince's idea. Oh, God. Somebody woke <laughs> Vince up. I've got an idea. He should wet himself. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, my days. God love Rockstar Spud for doing that. Oh, God. I hope he gets two checks for being the, the GM and the Patsy. He should wet himself. That'll be... F oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, 
I mean, it was <laughs> funny when Vin pissed himself. <laughs> you just, oh, I can just see Vince in a gorilla position, laughing his head off at that. And everybody else around him just kind of awkwardly smiling. If it's going, do you get it? He wet himself. <laughs> God. <laughs> but the piss, his pants, it works on so many levels. It's so funny. I hate it. I hated that. That almost ruined wrestling for me that week, this weekend. So as yes, soon as no. that happened, I went back and watched Champa versus Velvazine Dream all over again. And then I carried on. I felt better. Yes, the eye, the eye bleach that is not piss pants. I'm just scared if Champa comes up to the to the main roster. Champa, wet yourself in the ring. Oh. <laughs> Here, put in a champon. Oh, no. It'll keep you dry. Oh, it's a pun which I know you would think of. <laughs> anyway. Mr. Hughes, Mr. Hughes versus Bert Centino. Bert Centino, right. I don't know whether you visit cagematch.net at all. I I, I do, yes. Because I always, So what I tend to do is I'll look up a few of these lads on cagematch.net and see what sure. they got up to. And I don't look at the, at the comment section underneath each wrestler as much as I should. Um, <laughs> but I oh, did no. for Bert Centino. <laughs> oh, no. Right. Flying Donkey, that's the username, wrote on Bert Sentino's uh, Cage Match biography, put a comment underneath it, wrote this on the 1st of May 2014 as follows. <laughs> Trained terrible, terrible wrestlers. Dave Cole is fantastic and deserves respect. However, every other student he had was an embarrassment to pro wrestling. Jay Buster is really bad. Nocturne might be worse. His wrestling skills aren't very good, and he could not work a microphone, which is the most important aspect in big companies. He stinks! Bert Santino. Is the Flying Donkey the same username that Jay Sherman uses? <laughs> that might explain it. <laughs> now, I think what a great bit would be would be to have wrestlers... Read negative cagematch.net. Descriptions <laughs> about them a la celebrity meeting. Or just Bert Santino uh, read, read his. Well, we got to find them first. I'll tell you who we did find. Right? And again, you're going to need to shed some light on this. Uh, Lee Lee Rousen, the New York Giants running back. Uh, yes, you look I, like I Carlton the... from Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I had to Google Lee Rousen. Um... He won two Super Bowls with the Giants in the 80s and 90s. He retired not long after this. He's 56 years old now. Uh, he played running back, which is a, it's a very short shelf life for an NFL player. They tend not not last long in that position due to the size of their body and the amount of uh, punishment they take getting hit by defenders. So at this point in time, he was 30 years old, and he'd already played his last game. Oh, bless him. Or for running backs, that's, uh, hell, that's actually higher than the average. They do take a beating, running backs. And a, and a beating is what Bert Santino took in this match. Oh, didn't he just? <laughs> now, I, I, I got to get to this business beforehand where we have Femis Claritas, our favorite uh, Raw Ring girl and future congresswoman. And Vince is infatuated with her. And quite frankly, I can't blame Vince. But then Bobby Hina whistles at her, and Vince admonishes him. 
It's like, yeah. Vince, you were just gawking at her, too. Well, Vince is about to gawk. Bobby's not. <laughs> Sit perfectly still. Only I may gawk. Unless Vince is like... It's like an alpha male competition thing where, he, where he's going to fight Bobby for Thanos. I think he nearly did. Wouldn't you? She, she is a very pretty lady. She, she she truly is. She really is. And uh, She's no Rosati yeah. sister, but she's a very well, pretty well, lady. Well, no, I mean, it's... One, I mean, one's a standard so high to me that you can't possibly hold anybody else to it. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, Vince turns uh, Lee Ralzon's appearance in the crowd into a mania plug. I wrote at this point, F this. Then Savage gawks at Themis. Vince doesn't yell at him, but right? he's afraid of Savage. He's afraid of Savage. Yeah, I was going to say, he's afraid of Savage. He left Savage to it. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, match finally begins. The first move, Hughes just jacks Centeno's jaw. Just punches him right in the mouth. <laughs> and he does an amazing body slam on him where he just hoys him across the ring. Like, Mr. Hughes, who admittedly is wearing braces. He looks like he looks like they recast IRS. Mm-hmm. But, like, as a figure, he's dead imposing. Oh, he is. He's, 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 he's stout. He's about 6'3 or 6'4. At this point, probably like a legitimate at least 330. And just... And the sunglasses really add something to it where you can't see his eyes, which makes him even scarier. It's just, he's like the ideal prototypical bodyguard type. Or, or like a nightclub bouncer to someone you wouldn't mess with. Was it during this match where it was, there was there was some weird crowd chants. Did I hear shine my shoes? I must not have been paying attention to that part because I was listening to Bobby Heenan explain why Harvard... Why Harvey Whippleman was absent, which was which which is for a hundred and eighteen degree temperature, typical Bobby Heenan excuse. <laughs> so, so I missed out on the crowd chance. I'm <laughs> sure during this match I heard "Shine My Shoes," and I'm sure I heard "Hogan Sucks." Well, Hogan Sucks, I can see because on the wide during this match they would be chanting it. Yeah, it threw me a bit. I was like, why are they chanting "Hogan Sucks" now? Like, there's this, obviously the crowd doesn't like Hulk Hogan, but. What's Mr. Hughes got to do with that? Yeah, what did Mr. Hughes do wrong? I have no idea. But either way, this was this was a, a powerful showcase of slow, methodical Mr. Hughes. It was, and he, and he finishes with something that kind of resembles the big boss man spike slam, although instead of, just, instead of just snatching the guy out of the run, he hoists him by the armpits out of the run, then drives him down. So he gets some pretty good height on the... Uh, on the actual drop, Mr. Hughes had some potential. Do you know what I think let him down a bit in this match? And I think it's something that we've all learned as more and more wrestling is TV-based. I felt like the majority Mm -hmm. of stuff that he did was to the back of the camera. Like, we kind of saw his back a lot. I felt like a lot of the moves that he did would have been dead impressive if he was facing, like, the hard cam. And I guess that's something you just got to develop or... Well, that's, yeah, like we're new into the foray of, like, live wrestling on TV. And, you know, we now live in a... It's quite useful. It's great now that we live in this world where everybody is learning from the beginning. Like, this is how you wrestle for for TV. This is where the hard cut... You know, when I do work at wrestling shows in the Northeast... You know, you you will hear people go, "Where's the hard camera? It's there, right?" And mm-hmm. they you, they know to 
pitch a lot of their stuff towards it. It's just good practice. Maybe uh, maybe he was coming out from the right side instead of the left side. I mean, I think that the camera was on the uh, opposite side of where it actually was. Possibly. You watch most shows that you watch most shows. The cameras on the left hand or the aisles on the left hand side. I mean, Hansen, he come out on the right. It's possible. So he might have thrown him slightly. It might have, but at the same time, are you going to tell him that he did something wrong? Ah, no, he's massive. <laughs> Good job, Curtis. Good job. You were great. Keep, keep on trucking. <laughs> we get the King of the Ring report, and I'm immediately boggled by Mean Gene's necktie. It's a funny-looking tie. It's got a bus on it. It's got a school bus on it. And I don't know why. I have no idea why either. Maybe he was angling to be the voice of Mrs. Frizzell on the Magic School Bus cartoon. Oh, what a nice throwback. It came down to him and Lily Tomlin, and well, I mean, you just missed out. Please let this be a normal field trip. With the Frizz? No way. <laughs> All right, kids, we're going to an AWA TV <laughs> <laughs> We're going wherever Hogan's going. If you want to find out where we're going, call my hotline. How many of you kids know who Otto Vance is? <laughs> oh, that's a name I've not heard in ages. Quick side note, did you watch the um, AWA Team Challenge series thing on the network? Yes, I did. Wow. That, was, wow, was, wow, 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 wow. Was that not the greatest goddamn thing you've ever seen My in your life? Oh, God, it's amazing. Oh, God. It's just, it's, it's so beautifully awkward the bits where they're walking out to the ring and just shots of like video of the crowd and and then there was the women's match where it was like foxy boxing and it, and it, and it, 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 it was wonderful I might come out of retirement <laughs> great Kanye and some other bloke Apparently, in an air balloon above everything else. Like, like, oh God, it was everything. Oh, jeez! If you're listening to this and you haven't given up less than an hour of your life, less than an hour of your life, just forty minutes to watch the Team Challenge series on the network, do it. If you unsubscribed from the network because of how you feel about the Saudi Arabia thing. I admire your gusto. Fair play to you. But please resubscribe and watch the Team Challenge series. It makes it for most things. To put it in perspective, the Southpaw Regional Wrestling bits were the half-assed version of this. Oh, it just, it, I think that's the bit that, that I love the most, is the fact that I'm watching this and going, those Southpaw skits are now twice as funny. <laughs> Because it just shows you, oh, just fake <laughs> God, you with a tongue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yay, W A. Next to a rockery, just. <laughs> <laughs> well, t- are you making the end of the show or not? <laughs> It just, I, there's something about about Vergania that just makes me like God, God rest his soul. But there's something about him that just makes me laugh. And I think because he's just like an old man going, "Hey, well, I'm probably going to end up fighting again." It's like, mate, you probably are. <laughs> <laughs> you could stay away. 
this is my. I'm sorry, as we're talking, I just had to go back and just look at Vern Gagne with the dog again. I don't know why you made me laugh so much. This is my pledge. If if they if the network puts up every Team Challenge series episode, we're gonna put Raw on hold for however long and just do nothing but review those shows. Oh, can we? Oh, <laughs> Oh, can we? we That'd be amazing. <laughs> we could do both at the same time. I don't care. <laughs> we could probably do. Have... Actually, yeah, we could. We could probably. We could probably end. We'll probably end up doing both. Because it's just. It's. Is he fishing? I'm just realised he's fishing. No, he's just hanging by the docks, reflecting on life. <laughs> In the dark. And and instant replay technology and. <laughs> And God bless, like, Sergeant Slaughter, who, like, <laughs> he's walking out, saluting these two screens. <laughs> right, the screen on the left, if you're watching it, because now I've got, it on, I've got it on my phone, I'm looking. The screen on the left features a guy in green checkers who falls over. <laughs> yes. But then he, but, and that, that's the same thing for every entrance. And he keeps getting back up. You, you could have, you could have re-recorded that. No, one take. That's what we need. <laughs> we we haven't got time to do any more. We just got to use it. Vern, can we not have the dog in the shot? No, he's got to be here. All right, we'll just get it done. I've... I feel so bad for the people out there who have no idea what in the hell oh, we're talking well, about. Well, it's more for you if you haven't watched the Team Challenge series on the network. Cause, oh. yeah, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. My, my quick story on that matter. When Brock Lesnar ended the streak, I had to call a friend to tell him what happened. This was the first time that I called somebody over wrestling in four and a half years. Like, dude, you're not going to play with something on the WWE Network. <laughs> <laughs> the Team Challenge Series pilot from 1989. They said, they were like, no way. So I'm watching it now, and you're not going to believe this. <laughs> we just we watched it for the first like five minutes together, and we're just cracking up. <laughs> it was during our work day, which made it even funnier. Oh, my gosh. Oh, see, it's 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 brought friends together. Clearly, in your yes. case, it's brought friends together. <laughs> it, it, it does. And, and it brings out the childlike mirth in people, because when, when you watch this, <laughs> it's impossible not to be happy. Imagine how awkward it must have been for those wrestlers to go, we're going to have a match in an empty warehouse and they're going to pipe in the sound of crowd and just cut to random shots of different crowds. Do you think if, Bru- <laughs> Do you think if Bruce Brady was still alive, he, he would have worked under those conditions? <laughs> Not a chance so, in hell. Brady would have looked at him and just, and just said, screw you and left. <laughs> so, Canary Report, uh, Mean Jean's got a school bus necktie. World title match, Hogan Yoko plugged, the tournament's plugged, and they've added Crush versus Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title. Oh my god, so, that's the thing that's happening. Plus the eight-man tag. So that's that's kind of a stacked show. Do you know what? Yeah, and I'm I'm excited because it's me, it's you, and it's R.D. Reynolds, and we're watching it together. And, I, and I've not watched wrestling with you three at the same time ever as i'm sure you haven't watched it in this particular triumvirate combination i've actually never seen king of the ring 93 all the way through oh yeah so i'm i'm doubly excited because like this is a show that 
that has eluded me. I used to buy VHS tapes of wrestling way back in the day. So I've got back at my mum and dad's house, like this, this, like several boxes of WWF VHSs. I could never get King of the Ring 93. And I've still not watched it on the network. So I'm, I'm waiting to watch it first hand, first eyes with you and R.D. Reynolds when we sit down to do it. Well, it's a great show, mostly because of Brett, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Meanwhile, we uh, Vince plugs All American Wrestling with with a main event match of Crush versus Razor Ramon. That's kind of a big match for All American. That's a pretty big match. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Terry Taylor versus um, Virgil or something. This is actually two guys with pushes, and that's good. that's kind of rare for a weekend throwaway show. It's mostly just there for Heen and the Mean Jeans antics. Yeah, normally it's just there for a bit of shenanigan, isn't it? Yeah, so this is actually kind of a kind of a big deal. Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Mark Thomas. Here we go. Right, so um, I think we should do the, the, the look. I want to address this. Right, <laughs> yes. when I was a kid, I loved Jim Duggan. Loved Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Like, always made me happy. My dad still knows Jim Duggan. When I asked my dad, my, my dad isn't a big wrestling fan, but every so often he'll just pipe, he'll just, we're in each other's company, he'll just jump, throw some wrestler names in there and just say, how are they doing? As if to go, are they still alive? And the other week he went, what's the old bloke who had the old 4B2? I said, Jim Duggan, yeah, how's he doing? The 4B2. 4B2. But over, it's, which is, it's a thing over here. Like, okay, a piece okay. of wood is called a 4B2, which is why sure, the 2x4 sure. was always really weird. <laughs> it, is a, it, is a, it is a random colloquialism in the UK that a 2x4 can be called a 4B2. <laughs> 4B2. 4B2. It just, it just sounds something like, like, like Homer would say, oh, I got hit in the 4B2. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a part of the leg. It's like a bone in the leg. Oh, gosh. Oh, I've broken before, B2. But you, you'd walk into a DIY shop in the UK and you go, can I have some uh, Can I have some 4B2? Sure, sure, okay. <laughs> so my dad went, oh, the guy who had the old 4B2, how's he doing? Yeah, he's alive. So how are the old bushwhackers? Are they, how are they doing? So yeah, still alive. <laughs> One more than the other, but still alive. So, so, Doug, so like, Duggan was somebody that I was... A, proud fan of when i was a kid and i just it's it's visiting wrestling nowadays and looking back to go gosh duggan really didn't give anybody anything it really does feel like he didn't give anybody anything and, which is and all of that frustration kind of came to the front in this podcast and i've never said a bad word about hacksaw jim duggan until i sat down with you justin and did this podcast and, oh sure blame me yeah i'm good um and and now my my legacy Seems to be you're the guy that hates Jim Duggan. You're the guy that hates America. <laughs> and I'd, I'd like to go back to America at some point. I need to update my Esther. But I, I, I would like to go back to America with people knowing that I don't, dis, I don't completely hate Jim Duggan as much as I make out. Tom, Tom, Tom. Yes. This isn't like, it's not like Ozzy pissing on the Alamo. You're allowed in the States. You can hate Hacksaw Jim Duggan if you wanted to. It doesn't. I think I resent the the, the lack that he seemed to give people. The lack of okay, rub he gave anybody. That's 
You know, I'm just screwing with you, right? Oh, yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I know this is all the funs. It's, it's fine. And, and speaking just... of fun. Oh, so I want you to lead this bit because this, this is just, this is your brainchild. And... I had to make sure I put... I had to make sure I posted this before you. Before I before I pooed it. Group. Without Tom's permission, I went on the Call to Hawk fans Facebook page and asked you all to post hacksaw Jim Duggan related haikus, since this is Duggan's last role for the last, for about twelve years. And I said our good friend Tom, who's actually a Duggan fan, which you've have admitted here, despite your objections to his lack of selling, would would more be more than happy to read them on the air. It says it does seem very appropriate that we are doing haikus uh, in the run-up to welcoming R.D. Reynolds to our humble podcast. Because anybody that listened to WrestleCrap Radio for a while will know that haikus did feature quite heavily. Yes, haikus are haikus are very easy to put together. He's got to know how to count and spell. That's all. Seventeen syllables, five seven five. Normally <laughs> is how it goes. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I'm going to give you a couple of the ones that stood out to me. Thank you for all 24. Thank you, Tom. <clears throat> for Brian Evanson. Bearded, Hi, bearded patriot. Carries a long piece of wood. He loves saying, Ho! You're the man, Brian. Augusto Bakunin. Carrying old glory. Like he carried all our hopes. Heart bigger than his board. <laughs> Lee Satterwhite. The man called Hacksaw. A patriotic fellow who also loves wood. Damien Stone. <laughs> stares a hole through you. One eye on something over in the 15th <laughs> row. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Palmer <laughs> Ho 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 That's I'm not Santa No 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 <laughs> I'm not Godfather Ho 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 I look east and west Duggan is the best It's not haiku <laughs> It's just funny It's your best theme music <laughs> I look east and west Duggan is the best <laughs> oh, Ryan Barber. <laughs> two by four. Four B two. Chris Cross Ice. Big Heart Guy. Uh, <laughs> Rob Lloyd. The old man has wood. He smokes weed in car with chic. This sounds real gay now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Phil Bonder. Ho, 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 ho. Ho, 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 ho. Ho, 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 Carl Ingle says, can't write poems, so here's some jokes. What's Jim Duggan's favourite loaf of bread? Ho! This. Why didn't Jim Duggan answer the Nigerian prince's emails? He knew it was a hoax! How did Jim Duggan water his garden? With a hoax! 
Okay. <laughs> Damien Stone. I'm going to do the last one. It's from Damien Stone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They call him Hacksaw, and yet he carries a board. Nickname or request? <laughs> I wrote my own also. Oh, where was yours? I'd missed yours. I just wrote it now while you were talking. Okay. I'll tell you what. I'll give you mine. Okay. And you give me yours after. Mine was... Duggan's in the ring. I'm winning this match, tough guy. (laughs) (laughs) Mine goes, Hacksaw never jobs unless he gets distracted just to annoy Tom. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your Jim Duggan haikus. Um, (laughs) And as always, we, we ask on the Cultaholic the official Cultaholic fan page, and my gosh, you deliver. If you listen to this okay. and you're not a member of the official Cultaholic fans, seek it on Facebook, add us on there, mm-hmm. get involved with the fun. Absolutely, thank oh. And thank you all for writing along, and thank you all for listening as well. Yes, we love you times 12. We will kiss each and every one of you. Um, <laughs> Duggan is in a match with Mark Thomas. A very basic match. He hits the old glory knee drop early on. Vince goes on about how, how Finkel had an operation thing off the comments from earlier. Keen speculates that it was a sex change because that's that's edgy enough. Vince is appalled at the idea of the idea that Howard could have had a sex change, although it was probably him who came up with the joke in the first place. That's a really get Howard. <laughs> but they tease the idea of, uh, and he even says <laughs> about uh, Fink joining the Rosati sisters. Hacksaw wins with a three-point stance. He then takes the mic he wants to flag in the ring, and then he leads the crowd through the Pledge of Allegiance, which even Bobby Heenan does at ringside. Yes, that was that was very patriotic, and obviously the right person to do it. Deeply patriotic <clears throat> bit where <clears throat> Duggan gets everybody to stand. What we have to mention before we go any further: Mark Thomas, the guy who took the drumming from Jim Duggan this week, mm-hmm. um, was on Two O Five Live this year. Not the same guy. It could not have been. According to two completely separate sources, it's the same Mark Thomas. And he faced Noam Dar, and Noam Dar even references watching Mark Thomas wrestle when he was a kid. So I think it's the same one. That's either an inside joke. Or it's, uh... Uh, yeah, it could potentially be an inside joke, but like a lot of the websites <laughs> do say they're the same guy. That, but I'd that, love it to be the same guy. He would be at least 48 or 49 years old now, at least, if not outright in his 50s. If you can uh, shed some light on this, uh, we'd greatly appreciate it. We would. So we go to the Razor versus One Two Three Kids storyline that began two weeks ago. Vince clarifies over the weekend, Razor has since upped his offer to $5,000 for a rematch. And then we go to an interview with a kid who's wearing a Monday Night Raw t-shirt, which I'm probably going to order soon enough. And kid is kind of petrified during this interview. Oh, God, he looks terrified. He's so wholesome, and he's (laughs) terrified. Like, I was watching Everton with me nan, and uh, I didn't want to wrestle him anymore. (laughs) You think of the Sean Waltman that would rasp at the top of his lungs in the NWO Wolfpack or in DX. This is the diametric opposite of that guy. I now can't see Sean Waltman without his dog. Yeah, no, they're uh, 
a very happy package, aren't they? Very much so. The dog who has since reported <clears throat> to the Performance Center after appearing in the crowd on NXT. I'm just sad that Rick Rude's giant son did not report after the Hall of Fame a couple years ago. Oh, gosh. He'd have been great by now. He's like six foot eight. Big lad. Big lad. So, Sean Waltman is talking backstage and he talks about watching Raw with his nan and says he's very grateful for the offer, but he says, no, not wrestling Razor Ramon. Because he knows he's going to get his ass beat. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. It's not going to be a match. It's going to be a mugging. And the money's too the money's too much to turn down, but he found a way to turn it down because he wants to live. And Bobby Heenan made a really good point because Bobby Heenan said, as time goes on, Ramon's not going to be less and less bothered. So he's not going to offer him any money for a rematch. And he should probably take the money. You have a reason to keep up in the ante, as we know. And we'll get to the point where Kid cannot pass the money up, no matter how bad the beating may be. Because I thought, what would have happened if Tony Roy who he was facing in this exhibition match, would have beaten him. Would have Ramona then offered the money to Tony Roy for an immediate rematch? And Tony would have gone, yeah, all right, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's certainly possible if you look at it that way. Definitely. But yes, it is Razor Ramon versus Tony Roy. And Roy has some very interesting hair. He looks like a buffer Gene Simmons. He does, doesn't he? And With a mullet. Just, there's a lot of notable, colourful-looking enhancements on this show. Oh, certainly. It is it is a motley crew, to say the very least. I just picture all these, like, scraggly, mullety guys just hanging around backstage waiting for the chance to get beaten up by Mr. Hughes. The 1990s were a very weird time. So so Tony Roy actually almost beats Razor on a couple of occasions, getting some shock roll-ups. And, and Vince gives us the... He flexes his... His uh, exaggeration muscle by several times during the course of this match, which would become his standard for the next few years on a roll. I'm swearing that the pinfall has taken place, but really it hasn't. I miss that. Yeah, I if like Cole's... the whole, he got it! Wait, no, no, he didn't. <laughs> Wait till SummerSlam when a kid tries to pin IRS, gets a one count, and Vince says, what? He got him! He got it! No, 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 no. <laughs> not like that. Uh, Tony Roy has Iron Mike Sharp loudness syndrome. He, he grunts very loudly off of every strike. Um, crowd chants, we want the kid. Razor hits a back superplex that almost kills Tony Roy. I mean, absolutely folds him up like, like lawn furniture. Razor's edge finishes, and that was it. It, it got across the idea that Razor is really bothered by the whole situation that kid uh is in his head the one two three chance are in his head and this this ham and egg almost beat him tony roy would hang around w the wwf for the rest of 93 but then the following year he would go full-time essentially with the iwf and he would be involved in one of their most noteworthy feuds as antoine roy went back and forth with t a guy called terror rising Oh. I wonder what became of him. Probably just some no one. Maybe somebody that Razor beat along the way. One of those other jobbers. I mean, what kind of name is Terrorizing anyway? Yeah, I know. What a rubbish name. I bet he won't run a company. Why hasn't Triple H given t Tony Roy at least like a, a job backstage? Yeah, he, he can be the hairdresser. If anyone's going to Raw, 
Can you take a sign saying Triple H call Tony Roy back? <laughs> it, it, it would make us happy. Let's put it that way. Just do it for us. It's, We'd appreciate it. There'd be two people on this planet cheering the arrival of Tony Roy, knowing that knowing that it was our efforts that got him rehired. Everyone's been looking at her like, huh? What? So that's as close as we so come then, to uh, a main event on Raw, because then we get a bit to end the night, don't we? Yes, we do. We find out that Yokozuna has just arrived at 9.56 p.m. on a Monday night. Four minutes before the show goes off the air. Weird time to turn up. The A train must have been very slow. Uh, yeah, so next week's show is promoted. We got Adam Bomb versus Tito Santana. Which Whoa. is Savage is really excited weird... about that match as well. It is weird to think that Tito Santana exists in the same era as Adam Bomb. Weird. It is, isn't it? Yeah. You forget like there is this weird crossover. It is. It's like seeing Owen Hart there in 99, not to bring up any negative memories, but you think of like who was there in 1999 and you realize that Owen was still there that year and could have crossed paths with them. It's just, it, it's an odd thought. Weird, yeah. I guess they could. It is. It's, And then we get an ad for the Super Nintendo version of Royal Rumble. Oh, this was great. I love this. Mr. Perfect says the game is perfect, so we should definitely buy it. It almost is, although Raw was much, much better because it was faster. And Raw, plus, plus Raw had mega moves. Did Raw have a bigger roster as well? Same amount of people, actually. Same people. Okay, let me ask you this real fast before we get to this ending bit. Royal Rumble had two different rosters for the Super Nintendo and the Sega Genesis. It was 12 people on each, but the rosters were different. There was five different wrestlers on each game. You tell me who who got it better. Super Nintendo with Yokozuna, Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect, Ted DiBiase, and Tatanka. Or the Sega version, which had Hulk Hogan, Papa Shango, Rick Martel, IRS, and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Well, I'm buying a SNES, mate. <laughs> Doing it was it was a, it was a pretty even split until the last name, and I'm now uh, buying how, a snes. How dare you? <laughs> how dare you? We'll do another haiku contest. How you like that? Oh, no more, no more. Thank you for all of them, but no more. <laughs> so at the end of the show, we have Vince interviewing Yoko on, at ringside with Mr. Fuji, and Vince wants to know how how dare they wave the Japanese flag on Memorial Day. They're not our enemies anymore. This is at 1940-something. Vince seems to think that it is. Because <laughs> he's very <laughs> angry that this Samoan is waving the Japanese flag on Memorial Day. As Vince drove him that night in his Mitsubishi. Yes! Let's, let's, let's call out some car-based racism from Vince. No, I'm just saying that Vince... Uh, he like, like, how many Japanese products are in Vince's house? How dare you promote Japan? You make all of our electronics and our automobiles. And the WWF action figures made in Taiwan. Okay. <laughs> Fuji vows to celebrate Memorial, celebrate Memorial Day on June 13th. Because uh, that's going to be the day that Hulk, Hulkamania dies forever. And that Yoko will regain the WWF Championship. And Vince says someone's going to have something to say about that. And while contorting his head and neck wildly like a, like a friggin' jack-in-the-box, 
He said he says Hulk Hogan's name, and the crowd boos Hogan's oh, name. Oh, heat for Hogan! This was this was almost Roman Reigns' level of booing. It did remind me of Roman Reigns. It really he did. Is there something that has happened that has upset uh-huh. people, or is this just a general malaise with Hogan? I'm thinking it's the general malaise because he hasn't been there in two months. He's exactly. Supposed, so be supposed to be supposed to be the champion. It's they don't want Hogan anymore. And plus, WrestleMania Nine was kind of a, as Brett predicted, he said it, it, it was going to stink. Maybe not immediately, but sooner or later, fans will realize how bad that ending was. And well, it's not a lot of defenders for it today, are there? No, they were very anti-Hogan in this bit, which I think threw Vince. <laughs> And Vince said it would surprise him if Hogan didn't show up next week. And that got booze as well. Uh, because they knew that wasn't going to happen. I was going to say, like, don't tease it if Hogan ain't turning up. Why, well, I'll bet Hulk Hogan's going to be here next week, the way he's been here every week as the champion. Um, and, and it ends with Hacksaw waving the American flag up in the balcony. Fuji waves the Japanese flag on the floor. And that's it. Yeah, let's tease some more Jim Duggan Fuji action. Jim Duggan Yokozuna action. <laughs> you know, Fuji had one of the best lines ever about Hacksaw at SummerSlam '90, a show I was at, because it was Hacksaw and Volkov versus the Orient Express, and Fuji says something along the lines of, "Hacksaw, you have one cross eye. Let me get done with you. You're gonna have two cross eye." <laughs> just, just eyes going in different directions. <laughs> yeah, the very wall-eyed hacksaw. <laughs> oh gosh, nice patriotic episode of Raw. I thought uh, a lot of showcasing of certain talents with with a real like hodgepodge of creator wrestler esque hitting random enhancement talents. Yeah, plus the Steiner screwdriver and the sta- painful, horrible, horrible looking Steiner screwdriver. We are we are yeah. all guns blazing towards King of the Ring. All guns blazing, and uh, next week's show will be the Go Home Show, and we might get a little surprise to open the night. Oh, oh see, uh, actually, I may have aired earlier when I said that Sean versus Crush was for the Intercontinental Belt because, well, that wouldn't be the case just yet. Oh, what would happen between now and then? Find out next week. We'll let you know. Uh, but the cat is out of the bag. King of the Ring watch along is going to pop into your podcast feed featuring myself. Justin Henry and our very, 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 very special guest from WrestleCrap.com. Artie Reynolds is going to be here. The guy who wrote the death of WCW and the WrestleCrap book of lists is going to be here. I'm very excited. I'm very excited as well. I cannot wait for it. Uh, so subscribe, follow Artie Reynolds on Twitter. Find WrestleCrap if you've never watched, if you've never visited it. You're missing a piece of true wrestling legend. Go and watch. Go watch videos. Go read the articles. Go find out all about it. It's amazing. I dare say he was the first person on the internet to really make fun of bad wrestling from the past. He kind of made it an art form. And also, probably the first person to truly embrace gifts. One of the one of the first ones, yeah. Because his articles were all gifts, and now all we do is talking gifts. And Artie Reynolds, trailblazer. Uh, and we're very honoured to have him on this show in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, at JRH Writing, that is Justin Henry over there. At Tom Campbell, I am this one over here. At Cultaholic is our Twitter. We will see you next week. We'll talk more about wrestling. I'm getting over the Duggan thing, and I hope you are as well. Love you, bye! <laughs> AWA Team Challenge Series. Watch that. 
Vern Gagne has a dog. Love you, bye. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. <laughs> 